Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Corey Palm, Cameron Lipset, head coach Tony Ursland uh, joining us. And, and coach, it's a little bit like um, Christmas week for uh, wrestling coaches around the country. I know uh, you, you look forward to, to this week for months and months. And uh, you guys finally got the new season underway. First official practice earlier this week. Just uh, what are we like? What, what are we liking a couple of days in? Yeah, no, I mean, you know, it's funny. You're right. You're excited because it's the official start of the season. You know, we started this journey a long time ago, though, right? So it's just a continuation as far as, you know, where we've been at this summer and the things we want to do. But um, but absolutely, it's special that this is kind of, you know, day one started this week. And and now you're working towards that third third weekend in March. Um, but just nice that we're, we're all in the room um, and that competition is around the corner right more than anything you're preparing all the time as i just said like the preparation never really stops you, know, you can get home from nationals and you take a few days off and then a lot of these guys are ready to get back at it so while the preparation never stops you know uh, starting official practice means competition is around the corner and that's probably really the exciting thing for these guys so just knowing that you know their hard work and preparation which started back in the spring uh really um gets kicked off next month in november when competition starts so kind of taking something you said there you talk about how it never stops right we're always preparing we're always you know and you know we got some guys we got to pull off the map like we got guys that you know mm -hmm. they we have to make them take breaks right um how how do you keep it fresh how do you keep it so that these guys don't you know, that doesn't come become robotic. It doesn't just become over and over and over again. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of that's in your goals. Okay. So it's, it's, you know, the season ends and you're going to reassess your goals and you're going to start chasing new ones. Right. And then that, so that approach changes. So I think that's part of it is right. Like uh, no year is, is ever the same, right? You're a year older, uh, your experiences, both good and bad kind of changes your growth as a wrestler. And so I think the goals changes your perspective uh, on how you're going to approach them and how, what training is going to be. I also think, you know, we, we had another world championship happen here recently, again, right between Olympics and worlds, there's the freestyle and the Greco aspect uh, of it. And of course, for us, that's, that's as big a part of the journey as anything. So, so kind of fresh perspectives and, and different approaches as you grow and develop through the sport uh, kind of helps you stay focused on what you need to do. I, I think those are the two biggest things for me is goals change, uh, who you are as people change. And then obviously maybe, you know, you're, and that's with recruiting too, which is, it's big for us now is that journey never stops, right? I mean, you come in as a freshman, but it can continue well after your post-grad years. So the journey doesn't stop until you leave your shoes in the center of the mat after your last match, right? That's, it's, a, it's just a continuous journey. So I think all of those help in, in how we kind of view and stay fresh and, and, and kind of uh, try to get better in different ways. Um, has there been any, so, you know, like Corey said, we started Sunday officially, got into what they call, they refer to as our 20 hour weeks. Um, has anything changed from a tone perspective you that you know is tangible for you? No, I, I don't try to change the tone a lot. I mean, honestly, you know, um, you want to be consistent in how you coach and your message to the team, right? I think that consistency is what 
makes or breaks you. You know, you can't live one way and then change, you know, because you're in season. Now, from a discipline standpoint, no doubt, I mentioned competing, which means making weight is going to come up. So, yes, those guys from that stance in their lifestyle has to be more disciplined, right? Like you, you've got to really be dialed in on your nutrition on a day-to-day basis and, and really think about those things proactively. So that part changes, I, I guess, from my tone, you know, um, you know, you, you, you want to be consistent in your message and your approach. And I, and I try to be. Um, obviously we only have a few to choose from. Um, has there been anyone or anything that has stood out over the first few days? Well, I mean, so we had uh, three weeks of what I call planned fatigue, right? Like we were in our small groups. That was three weeks in September. We divide the guys up into groups of 10 and they rotate coaches for the week. And it, and it really, you know, it's, it's about team building, but also kind of building that mental toughness by the different things you have to do conditioning wise. You don't always know what it's going to be. One coach is going to have you do something one week and you're with a new coach the next week and it's completely different. So that those three weeks of planned fatigue were very tough, especially on the young guys who, who have done it for the first time. Right. Um, so I guess when I look at the first few days here and we're just still in the middle of the, of the first week, uh, I do like what I'm seeing from the freshmen. Uh, they, they've had some very good workouts and they've made some good strides in terms of uh, getting from them in their workouts. So that that's part has stood out for me. You know, um, we've got our old standbys. We got those guys in our room that are leaders that are workhorses and they've looked great, but the freshmen, um, I'll, I'll kind of give them a plug here because they, they've stepped it up. I would say these first few days uh, of workouts in our regular season. We have, uh, we've definitely talked at length about this, uh, this new group of Boilermakers and uh, how happy we are with them as a group. Um, these uh, they're on it and they, um, I hope that they continue to, to follow this path as they get into their first year. And, you know, some will compete in the varsity lineup. Some will, some of them will go the red shirt path and hit some open tournaments and stuff, but I'm um, uh, really anxious to see where they all end up because they're such a unique group in so many different ways um, from the way that they were recruited to the way they wound up on campus to, uh, to what they've all done and you know, done since they've been here. So uh, very anxious to see what what that group has in, in store for us. Yeah, um, and, and they're they're good talent wise. You know, we so often we are talking about in the room, right? And that's some of that's their talent and their yes. tough, which I really right we value. We we recruited them because of their talent and 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 the wrestlers that they are, competitors that they are. But the other part I'm excited about, I'll give a quick quick nod. Our upperclassmen say that they seem to be a great fit for this team too. About how they've kind of gelled with what the goals are and the approach is. So that's, that's obviously we talk a lot about culture too. That's been great to see. So it's not just been the talent and the work ethic and how they're approaching getting better, which has me excited, but I love hearing from the upperclassmen that they, they are really fitting in well and gelling with the team. Not to put you on the, well, yeah, I'm putting you on the spot. So <laughs> I'm doing this on purpose. I'm not going to say that I'm not, uh, do you have a reason to point to as to why maybe this group is gelling more than more so than in the past or, or whatnot? Is there something you can put your finger on that, that kind of looks at why they're a good fit or, you know, are there, are there circumstances do you think that's led to this, uh, this quick gelling? 
I mean, I wish I could tell you we were just that smart. You know what I mean? Um, but I kind of offered that up there as a chance to pat yourself on the right, back. Right, right. I, um, I was kind of wondering you know, what you would do with it. You know, the fact of the matter is, and we've talked about this before too, so I'm sorry for repeating myself, but you try to find guys who value the same things that you do, right? Like you look at the talent and the work ethic and the passion for the sport, which is those are all things that we try to, to, to really get a feel for in the recruiting process. And you got to make sure that they want those same things. And it appears that, that that's the case for this group, you know, that they're, we're all on the same page from the start. And yes, there's some, some growing pains and struggles as far as, you know, the work that's required, you know, and kind of the pain or the suffering that comes with that work, right? There's, you know, there's growing pains for young, young men there, but, but I think they're all on the same page with what the team's goals are and what they want for themselves. And it's been a good fit. Obviously, it's something you try to do, but you don't always get it right. You know, let's just face it. It just it doesn't always work out the way you want it to. And that's why we try as best we can to get to know these guys, have them and their families get to know our program and what we're about so that we do, you know, kind of when the tough times come, eliminate, you know, some of the uncertainty or, or the, you know, the, the transition uh, problems, I guess. Um, I find it incredibly, like, interesting from the standpoint of, you know, we talk a lot about recruiting and we talk about fit and we talk about, you know, getting the guys on campus and having them meet the team and be around the team. And this last class didn't get to, you know, for the most part, with the exception of, you know, uh, Ben Venady and Dustin Norris, who, who verbaled to us very early, very young. Um, the rest of this group was mostly recruited and talked to, you know, virtually. Mm-hmm. And you know, a lot of that process was done differently. So I, I find this, I, I find the, the situation that we pleasantly find ourselves in to be, to be really interesting to kind of look at how we did it and how this all came to be, because um, obviously we'd love to say this about our freshman class every year. Yeah, no, it's, you know, and that that's worth looking at. I mean, you know, while I value the, the personal interactions with people so much and it gives you a great feel you know, I would guess that um, with all of these Zoom calls and presentations and time spent there that were significant, that um, that we did a good job of finding young men again who fit really well. And, and that, but that's a credit to them too. You think of Stony Buell and Hayden Filipovich, Tristan Ruhlman, you know, and uh, and and those guys, guys like yep. that, that fit uh, really well, and it ha- and has me excited because it it could have been a coin flip. You know, it could have been a situation, boy, where you come in and they're like, this is not matching up at all with what I expected. And, and it's problematic. And so far, that's not been the case. Like I said, solid group of guys and we're off to a good start. Um, you mentioned the upperclassmen. So let, let's let's steer it that way a little bit. Um, how are some of the upperclassmen doing um, with the, this first week of practice and, and getting back on the horse, you know, especially guys like, you know, Devin Schroeder and Max Lyon, who are doing it for, for you know, the last, well, the last time perhaps, and, and, you know, the fifth or sixth time. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Um, this comes to where, you know, I think coaching's important and understanding your guys, because not everybody's going to be the same. Talk about a Devin Schroeder who's in year six and how we treat him or handle him is going to be a bit different than maybe a young guy. You know what I mean? Um, the, you know, with him and his training and, and getting him uh, peaked and ready for the end of the year, uh, to where that's when, you know, these guys accomplish their biggest goals. 
is going to, you know, maybe a day off here or a day off there, you know, instead of going live, we're going to be working technique, you know, with another coach individually, you know, over at the end of the room or something. So I think, you know, for me, it's just looking at each kid and what do they need? You know, we've got some young men that they need to get into um, the expectations of the program and you're trying to teach those guys, but a guy like Devin, I'll just use him. He's not the only one, right? He's not the only guy, but he's a good example you've got to really kind of get a feel for that day and what they need so that you're getting the most out of them and they're getting ready, um, you know, uh, for, for that end of the year in March. Um, anything else about how things are going uh, in regards to, uh, you know. I got something I want to jump in on. Coach, uh, I'm always fascinated by the evolution of coaches. Um, you talk about how guys are different. You know, it's another year, you're another year older, you're another year more experienced. Well, that's all true of you as well. Uh, how are you different this year? What have you learned in the last 12 months as, as chaotic yeah. as it was that, that has made you a uh, different or better? Yeah, no doubt. I think with this group, um, knowing that we, by and large, obviously we've got a lot of young guys, no doubt, but it's an older group that I, that I know what they're about and I, and I trust, you know, what they're doing and, and what their goals are. And so, you know, you try to maybe sit back and watch and, and, and listen and be there for them. It's not um, as much being in their ear all the time. You know, it's sometimes it's just sitting back and watching and then seeing what they need and, and taking it from there. So for me, it's not as being as proactive with them it's just making sure that, hey, uh, they're confident and they have every chance to be ready. I mean, we know what they need to do. They know what they need to do. They're grabbing the ball and running with it, right? Like they're, they're accountable to their wrestling. Um, where, you know, a young, let's say a younger guy, um, you know, they've, first year, they're trying to figure out college wrestling. So, again, how you're approaching that young man and, and mentoring him and, and working with that guy is different than a guy, again, like, like Schroeder or maybe Max. So for me, it's, it's just about, Hey, sometimes uh, less is more, you know, like um, I don't want to overcoach these guys. Right. I just want to make sure that they're staying fresh and they're staying motivated and they, and they got what they need in terms of training and technique and, and uh, you know, mentality. So I guess that, that might be where, you know, it's more intentional for me sometimes to sit back and, and, and just watch and, 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 and learn and make sure again, that you're not, you know, over coaching these guys in that situation, you know, letting them, Hey, letting them figure stuff out, play with stuff. Um, when they have questions, Hey, we're there for them. You know, we're pushing them. Uh, when they, when they need a kick in the pants, I'll be there for a kick in the pants when they need their need a pat on the back. I'll be there for that too. But I, I guess maybe the best word is I don't want to overcoach these, these older guys who, who look to be very motivated and, and, and to their wrestling. Corey, that is that. Are you satiated? Yeah, that'll do. <laughs> <laughs> um, transition a little bit from uh, you know, a practice to competition. Um, I found it crazy that last week I got asked for the first plane manifest and and hotel roster and whatnot that um that's going to be needed mm -hmm. for our first road trip to Philadelphia here in. One, two, three, three, four weeks-ish, three, good Lord. Three. Um, a, little, a little over three. 
But before we head to Philadelphia, we will um, host our annual wrestle-offs. Um, Friday, October 29th, 7 p.m., Holloway Gymnasium. We're going to open them up to the public this year. We're going to pull out the bleachers, have a little, uh, have a little um, you know, simulation of a duel from, from a variety of standpoints. Um, guy's going to, you know, be down to wait for the first time. Uh, what goes into, what goes into putting the rest offs together, coach? Yeah. I mean, well, it, listen, it's still going to be a work in progress, right? Because we've got three weeks of, of training and, and all of that. And we're going to evaluate these kids, you know, daily, you know, I tell the guys all the time, you get evaluated daily here and, and you just got to get you. <laughs> and so it's just seeing, you know, how things are going to shake out about, you know, where guys are in, in relation to their weight classes and, and where we really need to see more, right? Like there's some weights where we have really veteran guys that almost have spots locked down, right? And we've got some weights where, you know, we might have four guys and we're really trying to get a feel for who's going to rise, you know, to, to the front of this group and be the man, right? So it, again, it, it kind of goes to how we view coaching too, where it's a little different based on where they're at in their career and their training and, and, uh, and expectations. So, um, you know, that's, I know it's a very bland general answer, but it'll be sifting through that because truly it is. Some guys have spots locked down very much so, and some are up for grabs and we're waiting to see who's going to kind of rise to the top there. And it's about creating those situations where you can see who really uh, is the guy. Um, Corey, this is a, this is more of a question for you. Um, Although I am, I'm curious to hear Erslin's take on this as well. Um, I find the concept, you know, me, you know, not being the wrestling guy, uh, the concept of wrestle-offs is fascinating to me. And I know that they are not the end-all be-all for, for Tony per se. Um, he takes a lot of other factors in as opposed to just wrestle-offs. But like, I don't know that there's another sport where two individuals will compete head-to-head literally, not like who practices better or who you know, does better. Like, no, Corey, you and I are going to wrestle and whoever wins gets to start. Like, that's the concept. You know, it's not, you know, it's like, it would be like in basketball if two guys played one-on-one for a starting job. Like, yeah, and even more so really, because it's not, uh, it's not just you get to start, it's you get to play. That's it. Right. You know, if, if I pick the wrong point guard, I can make a change in the second quarter. Not, uh, not so much. In this instance, it has to be, yeah. okay, this is your spot for this entire day, this entire weekend, this entire tournament. And, and it's not like a minute in the match. Tony can call a timeout <laughs> and send the sub in. Bring it in. So, no, I made a mistake here, guys. I, I, need to, I need to sub in a new wrestler. Here we go. Here we Tag out. Yep. Well, and I think that's, you know, why uh, I hold two prongs here, and you mentioned one of them. So, But I'll bring it up because I think this is always good so people understand what we're looking at is, the wrestle off is just a piece of the puzzle. You know, you find that teammates understand, um, you know, they wrestle with them a lot, right? Mm -hmm. You understand how to keep things close and, and how to make it competitive. Okay. So that's why I'm not always just basing it on a wrestle off. It might be a one point match, you know, and you, you've kind of got by and squeaked through what we truly look for is the best competitor. And that means when it counts, right. We're out there with an official, um, the guy who's going to compete the best, and give us the best chance to win too. So we really do. We look at opens, uh, you know, we may try to, especially early on, you put different guys in, you know, in the dual meets and situations and see how they're going to do, because it might be, Hey, you won the wrestle off, but now um, you're 
not quite competing up to your ability for whatever reason, you know what I mean? And that's part of the evaluation as well. So, so yes, it, it's unique in that you're, you're competing, uh, you know, in a wrestle off to be the guy and, and nail down a spot. But, but I think we all understand and it's good for people to know that, Hey, that's, that's only a piece of the evaluation here uh, for the guys who, who are in the lineup. Corey, is there another sport that's like that, that I'm not thinking of? Because I can't like come up, up with no. Yeah. Because no. it's not like, you know, track and field, you can run multiple people in the same race. Right. You can, you know what I mean? There's, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of different uh, scenarios where you can make substitutions or, or enter multiple people. Yeah. Um, I can't, I but, can't come up with a team sport. Maybe one of our viewers has it and we'll, uh, we'll throw it in the comments. I, if you do, I'd we'll love to hear bring it. that up next yeah. time with, with full credit. Cause you know, there's a lot of individual sports, um, but when you throw in the team concept, yeah, I can't come up with it. The other well, thing that's awesome like is you know, can challenge throughout the year. Like, okay, I lost in October, but I got better. So I'm going to challenge again, you know, in December. I, I still want that spot. That's freaking awesome. Yep. Well, and you want that, right? Like you want um, everybody in your room uh, working to be the guy mm-hmm. and not just the guy be the national champ to be the world champ to be you know whatever because you know then they're always trying to get better you know and and it's true that it's interesting because you know late in the year people roles are going to be more defined like you want everybody trying to win that national title or be the guy uh, essentially until the day you leave for nationals and now that opportunity is gone right like truly that's what it needs to be uh, for your own personal development so the next year you'll get your best chance you know to be the man um, or jump in there if a guy gets hurt. You know, we've had guys get hurt before we're going on a trip, and now, hey, we need you. And so you can't have guys, you know, taking a back seat or taking their foot off the gas in terms of trying to get better and push. That truly is something that you have to balance where you're not the guy right now. Tomorrow you might be. So train today like tomorrow you're the man. And, and, and keeping that in mind and, and making guys understand that, can be hard, especially late in the year when they've not been the guy for, for a good part of the season. Um, my favorite wrestle-off story from my time at Purdue, I believe it was my second year. We had a returning national qualifier at 165 by the name of Justin Fraga, who was from uh, Florida. And uh, we had another young man who was a, uh, a redshirt freshman from California by the name of Luke Manuel. And, and uh, when you talk about wrestle-offs, for some reason, Fraga had Luke's number. Uh, Luke Manuel could not get past him. So every weekend, uh, Fraga would go to the varsity to duels, and, and he had a solid year. Now, you know, not, not great, not awful. Um, and uh, Luke was packing up and going to every open tournament he could find. I want to say he, re- he ended up wrestling like 45 matches that season, something crazy. And uh, – Came down to it, and the week before Big Tens, uh, Justin Frogger got hurt. And so Luke got the start at 165 at Big Tens. After not being in the varsity lineup all year, took third, went to Nationals, won a few matches at Nationals, and uh, ended up being one of the most, one of the winningest wrestlers in program mm-hmm. history. Uh, won well over 100 matches at 165 and 174, and, and beat a lot of good people. So it was, it was a crazy, you know, you talk about the room familiarity and for, for whatever reason it was, um, Luke Manuel was beating everybody else in the country, but couldn't beat the guy and couldn't <laughs> beat the guy in his own room. Yep. Yep. 
And that, and that can be the case sometimes. That's why it, it has to only be part of the, the puzzle as you evaluate and, and put your lineups together. For sure. Um, an interesting segue with uh, speaking of some alumni, um, for those that don't know, uh, for our alums, uh, we're hosting a JPC Zoom call tonight. The, the, the information has been sent out into your email. Um, Coach Erzlo and myself will be on there, some of the staff, some of the guys on the team. And uh, we're looking forward to a chance to, uh, to visit with those guys and, uh, and talk about uh, the upcoming year and, and what's going on with the program. Yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be a lot of fun uh, as we lead in. And as you mentioned, you know, we've got people in the stands for wrestle-offs and, and uh, you know, dual meets. So it'll be good to circle back with these people and know we might actually get to see them in the duels and wrestle-offs here in the near future as well. Absolutely. Um, change gears a little bit, Coach. Uh, fun opportunity this weekend. We are uh, we're hosting a camp for uh, high school high school-aged young men and women. Uh, for uh, for Super 32 uh, this weekend, a uh, little little final tune up before uh, some of these kids head head east to uh, to compete in one of the best tournaments in the country. Yeah, yep. Yeah, we've we've named it Super 32. You know, fall training camp, and we kept it small, right? Um, you know, around 30 people. Um, so it'll be it'll be great instruction uh, and hands on work with these these young people who are coming to campus and we have some outstanding talent that will be in that room. So we're excited to see that and, and get a chance to, to work with potentially some future Boilermakers and a lot, lots of outstanding talent. Um, Super 32 is going to be uh, by all accounts, incredible this year. Um, we're, we're just over a week out from that event. Um, you know, Willie Saylor's done a ton of, uh, you know, he's put up a lot of articles with what the field is supposed to look like. And I believe his number was 60% of the nationally ranked high school wrestlers in the country are projected to be in attendance. That is, I believe that's, that's right. I mean, I know he put out a list of each ranked kid at the weight and, and tallied it at the end. And like I said, I believe you're correct in saying it was like 60 some percent of the ranked individuals are there. Um, very deep, very tough. Um, one weight, I can't remember which one it is at this time. I believe it's somewhere in the 120s to 130s range. Um, 22 of the 25 ranked kids in the country will be in attendance at that weight. Um, what is it? I mean, how much does, as a coach, when you're looking at results like this, and obviously you don't ever want to get fixated on one event when you're looking at kids, but I mean, this is the closest thing to, what NCAA championships turn into, right? At the high school level? Sure. I mean, it's, it's a folk style tournament, right? I mean, you have Fargo, which is similar in depth, you know, and in, in huge numbers and what the, the, the brackets look like. And this is just, again, it's one of those tournaments and it is folk style. So maybe a little more similar to collegiate rules. Um, either way, it's good kids banging heads with each other uh, over the course of a couple days. And that gives you a, a good indicator of who they are as competitors and kind of where their skill sets are at now. You know what I mean? And it's not just about winning. You know, uh, I love the response where sometimes you see a kid get upset early and then he's got to battle all the way back through. And, and, and what's that look like for him? You know, did he embrace it? You know, was he hanging his head? Did he let, did he get beat twice, right? Like he's, he's down and out from getting upset. And then he walked out, not ready to go and got beat again. You know, like those are things that y'all love to see is how kids respond to those, that adversity and, and those tough matches. And it is, it's a ton of matches 
um, you know, if you get caught on the backside early, cause it is, you know, a, a big tournament in terms of what the bracket size is going to be. Um, fun to hear you bring up, you know, like you said, not just winning the tournament or, you know, how much of the, how much of the extra stuff comes into play uh, when you guys go recruit at some of these tournaments, you know, uh, their, their demeanor before and after matches, the way they respond to their coaches, the way that they, like you said, the way they bounce back from losses, how much does all of that play into it? Or how much do you guys really, how much time do you spend looking at stuff like that? Uh, it comes up a lot in the recruiting, right? I mean, you're not always going to understand, like you're going to see how they respond to maybe a bad call on the mat or getting upset or, or you know, whatever, whatever the situations happen during a tournament. But, you know, that's why you do the home visits and those things too, though, because you get a chance to really talk to kids about, you know, when you're making weight, um, what's that look like for you? What's your process look like? How disciplined are you leading up to? Like you really get a sense of what their preparation is. And that's something that I'm really interested in because we, we work very hard uh, on having a plan for preparation, how we're going to make weight, how we're going to warm up, you know, how we're going to get ready to really compete at a high level. That's all part of the things we can control. And so, again, you're trying to get that from the guys as you're recruiting them. And then you'll get to see the skill sets and how they respond to all the different things that happen in, in, a, in a great tournament like that. Absolutely. Uh, anything else on Super 32 or camp from you, Corey? No, I think it's awesome. It's the first time you've done one of these, right? This is something new. Yeah, yeah. Tony, we haven't, we haven't done anything like this. Oh, uh, I guess in terms of our camp. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah in terms is, of the, the camp. Uh, yeah, you know, you always try to, you know, it won't be the first time we've had a clinic in the fall, but, sure. you know, it's nice. Week before Super 32, the date worked out, you know, kind of having some, some good kids uh, be able to come down. And a lot of young talent, too. I mean, obviously, we can't mention names, but you have a lot of juniors and seniors that are undergoing recruiting as well. So it's, it's a good mix of different age ranges in uh, also. That's good. For sure. Um, I guess last thing for me, uh, in addition to being Super 32 in, uh, in a little over a week and a half, um, we also are going to welcome uh, the families of all our wrestlers here on campus for a, uh, for a nice little weekend um, in conjunction with the uh, football's game against Wisconsin. Um, you know, based on the RSVPs, it looks like most of the team's parents will, will be in attendance. Um, and it should be a great opportunity to, uh, to visit with everybody before we uh, wind this thing up and, and get going. No, absolutely. I look forward to it. Again, we go back to what last year was. We couldn't do these things. We couldn't get together, have these gatherings. So it'll be nice to see uh, parents that we have not, quite frankly, some of them seen in a while. Uh, so that'll be a lot of fun. Let's hope the weather cooperates, right? We get a nice sunny day. Uh, you know, great football game with Wisconsin, I believe. So it should be a lot of fun. Knock on wood, we don't get rained out or have bad weather. Regardless, it's going to be great to see everyone, everybody. Absolutely. Sold out football game against Wisconsin. We announced that, what, two weeks ago, Corey? Yep. So uh, Ross H. be rocking once again. Um, but, you know, a lot of people have a lot of people have gone into the planning for for this tailgate and, and gathering uh, specifically Stephen Karn uh, for, for helping us out with the tailgate area and getting us some 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 good parking for that. Um our good friends over at Gridiron Metalworks who are going to come and uh, do the cooking for us for our tailgate so we can spend time with, with, with everyone. And, and so we'll hopefully have a, a nice, uh, a nice spread together for, for everybody to enjoy that. But um, 
really looking forward to having having everybody here and and, and doing that. Yeah, um, and that's going to wrap up. That'll be kind of right. It's interesting. You think about what everything we've got going on. We've got we've got the camp this weekend. We've got parents weekend uh, plus practice that following weekend. Wrestle offs after that, and then boy, we we hit it for real November sixth yep. uh, with the schedule. So uh, wheels up, wheels up to Philly. Yeah, we're, we're busy, and, and it's great to be busy. It's exciting, it's fun, and, and we look forward to everything uh, coming down the road. Absolutely. Corey, you got anything else for us this week? No, man, I think we're, uh, I think we're good. We're clocking in right where we want to be, and my, my checklist is all checked out. So <laughs> that's, that's exactly what you want, right? Thorough. Everything Thorough. Done. It's about to get, well, it's about to get super busy, but uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, too. Enjoy the next couple weeks, boys, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch y'all down the road. Roll it up.